Chick Bam. Alright, welcome back to Can of Spam. I'm Nick, and of course, this is. This is Kavika. We are back for another episode of Can of Spam. Today, we got Brett, or Bort the African, if you uh, see him on Instagram. He is an incredible wedding photographer, but he's had an incredible story about how he got to be here in Hawaii as a photographer. All the way from BMX photography to um, paparazzi. Right. So he, he's just got a roller coaster of a life, and, and so we I mean, got a full lineup today. Right. So we got we have another uh, we have another new segment that we we just coined today. I guess it's called Let's Pretend <laughs> in the classic voice of the one and only Water Boy. <laughs> yeah. So this is Can of Spam. Go ahead and hit us up on Twitter at Can of Spam Pod. Subscribe there. Um, I went and got my haircut for the podcast, if you guys noticed. <laughs> really good idea. Anyway. Let's get it. Tell me, I, I've never, I think I met you like in passing kind of at Kavika's wedding, but your name's Brett. Yes. Right? Yeah. Tell me a little bit about yourself. What do you do? Where you're from? And yeah, whatever you got. All right. So, um, so yeah, my name's Brett. I'm from South Africa originally. Um, I've been living in the States since 2006. Living in Hawaii since 2014. Yeah, I'm a photographer, wedding photographer, budding videographer, um, ex-paparazzi, basically just world traveler. Um, yeah, I've, I, I left home in 2001 and uh, just traveled since then. Uh, lived in different places, you know, like lived in, went from there to the UK, to um, LA, Arizona, and uh, now Hawaii. Oh, in Australia as well. Where in South Africa? Cape Town. So oh, okay. That's like, the, is that the, like, what's the capital of South Africa? Isn't that Cape Town? Cape Town and Johannesburg. So it's like you've got financial capital and then you've got a, a political capital. So uh, Johannesburg is your financial capital and then Cape Town is your political capital. Okay. But, um, yeah, if you're going to visit South Africa, Cape Town's the only place you really want to go. The rest <laughs> is kind of... Uh, Kind of terrible. Oh, really? Yeah, I mean, it's just like... In what way? It's just... I mean, it's more like... Um, it's like, Cape Town is, like, geared for tourism. Like, it is, like... It's beautiful. Like, we have the weather. It's, the weather is very much like California. You know, uh, cold in the winter, hot in the summer. Um, but you've got everything there, and it's all geared for tourism. So our transport system is pretty good. Um, bus services are pretty good. And then... Um, yeah, like I say, it's just like after the well, basically after the World Cup. So we hosted the Soccer World Cup, and then after that, all the tourism stuff got improved like massively. Safety got improved, which is a really big one. And then the rest of South Africa, like Durban, is kind of humid and hot and hot and sticky. Um, it's kind of dirty. It kind of reminds me of Thailand a little bit. And then you have Johannesburg, which is there's nothing to see. It's like flat. And the only reason why you'd fly into Johannesburg is to go to the Kruger National Park. Huh. Mm. What's that? That's like the big game reserve. That's like the game reserve in South Africa. Oh, is it for like hunting? No, 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 no. Like, <laughs> like uh, non-hunting. No, looking at lions. You, and... you will be the hunted. Um, no. Uh, <laughs> <laughs> uh, yeah, for like to actually go see lions and, oh, cool. and uh, giraffe and elephants and stuff. So. Where is, um, we, we joke around, Kavik and I, on, on the, of like, talk to me like I know nothing about South, South Africa. Okay. Because in fact... We know nothing. Say, we, I don't know. <laughs> no, very no, no. We know nothing about South Africa. It's next to where exactly so in Africa? It's at, it's at the very southern. <laughs> it's tip next of to the middle of Africa. <laughs> yeah, it's South Africa because it's, it's just South, South. <laughs> Africa. So, what country does it? What uh, does it border? So, we border Namibia on the left. Then, slightly above us to the right is Mozambique, 
then slightly above that and next to us is Zimbabwe. Okay. Um, and then and then within um, South Africa, we have another country called Botswana. And, oh. And then um, we have a, a, its own sort of kingdom state called Lesotho or Lesotho, as people like to say in America. But it is Lesotho, and that is a uh, that still has a king that runs it, but it still falls under South African law. So it's like a sovereign nation sort sovereign of? Sovereign nation, but, yes, that's it. So is like South Africa kind of just like, okay, hands off. Look, we own you, but like you can kind of do your own thing. Yes. Interesting. Yeah, it's really it's really weird. I've only ever been there once as a kid. And and yeah, I mean, if you Google Lesotho or Lesotho, because that's how it's kind of spelled, L-E-S-O-T-H-O, it's like super crazy painted buildings, like round, like mud huts and stuff. That's what it's kind of famous for. Yeah. People wearing these um, strange hats, uh, kind of look like China, the Chinese hats, like the, the, the sort of like the pointy, uh, round pointy hats. Mm-hmm. Similar to that, but that is like very traditional Lesotho. Um, but it's like a sovereign nation, like you say, and it still has a king, but it falls under South African law. Hmm. I see. That's interesting. That's, yeah, that, that reminds me some somewhat of like Hong Kong. Yeah, that's exactly that's exactly my train of thought. Huh? Yeah, because Hong Kong is owned by China, right? And they're having a lot of conflict right now with the whole um, laws being enforced, Chinese laws being enforced in Hong Kong. Yeah, because you got like mainland China and then Hong Kong, and then uh, this is going to just sound so uninformed, but basically Hong Kong was its own. Thing country, I guess, or whatever you want to call. Well, I know it, city. the British. The British owned it. owned it for a while, and then when they left, they left it back, or they kind of decided that we're going to have our own, you know, government. Yeah, for a hundred years. China. But it's it's essentially like a um, or one nation two two systems. I think they call it. It's like two government systems. Well, I thought there was a hundred year grace period or something before mainland China was going to come back in and say, "Now you're under us again." And I heard that hundred years is up. Mm. Am I making any sense? Has anyone heard of that? I'm not sure. I mean, I mean, it's worth looking into for sure. Yeah, yeah. I I know that the people of Hong Kong do not want to be under Chinese right. rule. Yeah. So yeah, it, it, there's a big kind of conflict there. This is this is a lot more political than we usually get on this <laughs> podcast. <laughs> yeah. So I probably have a bajillion question, follow up questions. But do you have any questions for uh, about the South African stuff so far? It's pretty interesting. Well, the, the reason I said when when he mentioned Namibia and I was all interested is because Botswana. Excuse me. Mm. You, you mentioned Botswana, and I remember watching Top Gear, and they did uh, okay. uh, they did a little you know special in Botswana, and they they drove up the the quote unquote spine of Africa. I made a face when you when he said that country and you kind of like eyebrows went up like I know what he's talking about <laughs> and you looked at me like you don't know what that's exactly about. that's exactly I was like I saw it on Top Gear <laughs> but that makes I know sense. exactly what he's talking about you don't know crap but yeah I guess Top Gear then went yeah yeah I was just curious like oh I guess that's where that is yeah I didn't know it was in the middle of South Africa though yeah it's kind of like um, if you look at South Africa it's kind of like straight up from Cape Town. To the, to the right, but it's, it is basically in the middle. And it's um, wildlife refuge. It's unbelievable. Right. It's like on my, my list of places to go, but it's because of the popularity, it's super expensive. Like all these game parks and game reserves just charge so much money for you to go there. And like when they don't charge a lot of money, then you basically are based, you're not, you're not, you're less likely to see all the, the cool things, mm-hmm, you know, mm-hmm. like, um, which is what I've kind of found. Like I've, I've done a five star 
game uh, game reserve tour. Um, the last time I was in South Africa, went glamping, had the whole nine yards. Glamping? Full glamping. You never heard of glamping? Okay, now I'm the weird one here. <laughs> it's like, uh, you can explain to Brett. <laughs> Basically, it's like you have a lot of money and they, like, they, they pitch a tent for you. So you pay a lot of money, they pitch a tent. Oh, glamour camping. Glamour yeah, camping. Exactly. Oh, yeah. my God. So this is like a full, <laughs> this tent was massive. It had a shower in it. It had a king's, Cali king-size bed in it. It had Jesus. animal skins everywhere. It was like the best of the best of the best. And the food was the best. And you walk outside and you have someone waiting for you just to wait on your hand and foot. And then you get like a private game tour. And it's, but I felt it was very, um, the, everything was like in, a, in, a, in, its, in its place. Like it wasn't, it didn't feel super wild. Uh, it felt like a giant zoo. Like a show. Like a show, like a giant zoo kind of thing. Orchestra. Well, there's no fences, I'm assuming. No, no. So you're, you're fenced in, right? Which I think there are others that are probably better. But I mean, this cost um, $1,000 a night. Wow. Right? US. US dollars, yeah. Um, so I was feeling flush and did this as a special thing. Because <laughs> my girlfriend had never seen wild animals like that before. So... Um, I felt it was very like sort of it was very like sort of everything was in its place you get lions in one place there are other places that you can go where there are no fences and you but then you pay way more money per night to like to go see to have like elephants come down to the watering hole and they're right there right um, it's just but the, just for the normal normal man on the street it's not it's not financially viable you know but they're 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 definitely capitalizing on 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 overseas tourism, but if you're a local living in South Africa, like it's kind of hard to go do those things because they're so expensive. Right. Yeah. Yeah. It's not really like catering towards the locals. Yeah. It's not it's at like, all. It's like catering towards uh, you know Europeans mostly because the Germans come in with their uh, safari outfits, which is hilarious. <laughs> they look like the wild thornberries. <laughs> Basically, look like. If you've ever seen that Nickelodeon show, I haven't. But yes, 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 I know exactly what you're <laughs> yeah. talking about. Yeah, I do. They're all they're all dressed like um, what's his face, the Australian oh, Steve Irwin. Steve Irwin. Yeah, yeah, yeah. <laughs> with their big safari hats and shit. Which, so it's kind of funny. What's but, wrong yeah. with that? <laughs> no, that's cool. Wait, what, uh, what was your question? No, I was just curious if the companies that run these things, if they're local companies, where like people pay all this money, is the money actually staying in South Africa, or is are they I like mean, foreign companies that are just capitalizing on um yeah it's 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 kind of it's kind of both i don't think that the money like it's kind of i think these companies like have overseas that the money goes straight out of the country because they're coming in they're paying in dollars they're paying in euros and in south africa like it's like a sunny place for shady people like <laughs> that's how i see it I, I think like we're all surviving over there and whatever way that we can kind of get away with um, getting our money out or keeping it in dollars or keeping it in euros, people are doing that. So so I don't know how much of it goes back into the community, but I know a lot of people that do like like that do look after the local community and that they like like everyone benefits, you know. Mm. But there are others that are like more of it's like kind of it goes to them and only them, you know? Yeah. It's like the whole of Africa is like that. The whole of Africa is so corrupt. You know, everyone is like looking out for each other, like for, for, for themselves. But then, you know, that, that is, that's a broad, that's also a broad statement, but that's how I see it. You know, I feel like 
you know, everyone is trying to survive. So therefore they will do whatever they need to to survive. But I don't think it benefits the communities as much as we'd like it to, you know? Yeah. Yeah. So, so you consider yourself, of course, South African. I mean, born and raised there, right? Yeah. 21 years. And is that your home? Like, is that like, do you feel like a piece of you is, you know what I mean? Like, are you ever going to go back to South Africa? Like, have you kind of moved on from that? And I mean, tell me a little bit about that. So I don't think that I will go back. It is in my heart. I am proud to be South African. Like, but unfortunately, because of the political situation, um, I don't think it's worthwhile for me to go back. I don't think there's a future there for me. Um, I wouldn't want to go back because I grew up. I grew up looking over my shoulder, you know, where you had to like watch for the guy standing on the side of the road. Like, is that guy gonna rob me? Is that guy gonna stab me or kill me? When I look when I look at the country now and I look at the news, obviously the news. I think the news is very biased. I think they only they only show us what we want to see. And then no, they, no, <laughs> I've never heard that at all. <laughs> and then they tweak they right. tweak it. So being in America, like we, we we only get to see a little part of what's still going on in South Africa, but I don't foresee it getting any better. I think that we had apartheid, which was terrible, you know, and people were oppressed. And then we in 1994, apartheid was abolished, and Mandela did some amazing things. Um, and we, I started to see that South Africa was improving at that point. But then after that, you get the, um, the greed that comes in with Africa and people lining their own pockets and taking money mm. for themselves and not giving back to the community, um, which then makes the local people extremely angry because they didn't get the things that were promised to them. So therefore, they see people with money and then those become targets and anger gets directed towards them, which turns out sometimes to be the minority like uh, as a white South African we are a minority so that anger gets put on us and we get blamed because of apartheid that these people don't have any money so therefore that anger just keeps boiling over and then everyone you know everyone starts like you get you get murders and and uh, robberies and stuff uh so I didn't want to live like that like I don't know my girlfriend to live like that you know like being in America we have our we have problems here but it's safe you know, here in Hawaii, we don't, you, maybe you forget to lock your door, you forget to lock your car. Most of the time, it's fine, you know. In South Africa, I wouldn't, I wouldn't do that. We have bars on our windows, we have electric fences to keep people out. I had a house in a gated community, and we had electric fences, we had cameras, we had people's houses still getting broken into. With burglar bars on the outside of your house, so you basically live in a prison. So I don't want to live like that, I don't want my girlfriend to feel that fear. Now, saying all that stuff, South Africa is an incredible place to visit. As a tourist, mm. phenomenal. You will be f- totally fine. Don't do anything stupid. Don't go to places that you wouldn't go to when you were in your own town. Um, so, so leaving all that behind, like, I wanted a better life. I miss it so much. And I do visit as much as I can. But I just sold my house in South Africa. And that is me cutting ties with South Africa. N- virtually none of my family live there anymore. Um, the only people that are still there are my friends who I consider my family, but yeah, it's just, it's just too gnarly. Like it's, it's just, when I go there, I don't feel comfortable. Like I feel super nervous and maybe that's cause I'm overprotective cause I got to look after someone else that's mm. not aware of that guy on that, on the side of the road that we should probably cross over because he doesn't look, you know, right. he doesn't look too, uh, kosher. So it's kind of crazy. But your girlfriend is, is from here. She's, well, she's from the States. Yeah. Oh, okay. Yeah. 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 
And you've taken her to visit? Yeah, we've been back like we've been back twice. So yeah, I've shown her the motherland. The motherland. The motherland. <laughs> the motherland. Wow, that's cool, dude. I had no idea about any of this. Like, this is all new news to me. <laughs> yeah. You know, South Africa is not on my radar. Basically, of I'm not really researching it or, or think too no, much I mean, about it. You know, it's kind of not on really anyone's radar. It's so it's so it's difficult to get to and. You know, but such a good place to visit. Like the food is amazing. Like the, I miss the food and I miss the the views. I mean, Table Mountain and 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 just the general views. Like driving around, like when you grow up somewhere, I mean, that's part of your. It's part of you. You know, you can never give that up. But but um, to live in a safer environment and 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 earn good money and live a a, health, a better lifestyle without having to look over your shoulder all the time. That just that just trumps everything. Yeah, for right. sure. What's um what's South African food? Uh, we pretend like I know nothing. Okay, so we like mostly because we don't know anything. <laughs> it's kind of a lot of um a lot of meat. We like our barbecues. Like we're always having barbecues. So um we like to barbecue just your normal stuff: steaks, lamb chops, pork chops. Everything is marinated. Um, in summing just regular stuff there's nothing like that's like super different although we do have a sausage that is like that sounds so strange but we have this like South African sausage um, which is incredible it's called borovos which if you translate it is farmer's sausage it's this weird mixture of meats and spices but it is unique it has a unique taste that is like it's the best thing in, in my opinion the best thing in the world you put that on a roll like you would have a hot dog but it's 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 probably like an inch thick chuck that on a roll with some you know some relish and stuff it is the best thing ever and that's the one thing like that you can't get in america because it's just not just doesn't taste the same they make it here but it doesn't taste the same it reminds me of like the portuguese sausage that you would buy here in hawaii and i know a lot of people when they move to the mainland or if they're traveling like and then they come back to visit they'll bring back like cases of really? Portuguese sausage. Really? That's so crazy. Yeah. I didn't even think about that. I mean, yeah. it's just like, because I mean, we have we have so much influence in South Africa. We have, we have Portuguese, Portuguese sausage as well. Really? In South Africa, yeah. Does same it ta- thing? Does it taste similar to what it tastes like here? It looks the same and it tastes almost the same, but I would say it's spicier here. Oh, okay. Yeah, because we, like, so South Africa has so much, has such a mixture of flavors. Mm-hmm. We have Portuguese, Malay, we have the Dutch, the Chinese, Indian, English as well. So we mm-hmm. have all these things. So, like, everything kind of, like, comes together in this weird, like, crock pot of flavors and smells and stuff. So, like, yeah, we have Portuguese sausage there, and it does, it's thicker. Oh, I see. It's way thicker. And it's, but it's that same color and that same texture because you can go to the store here and i feel like they have a variety of thicknesses a variety of like spice level too they have like mild like hot like very hot or whatever um there's so many different brands too yeah what's your go-to brand my my go-to brand is purity ah okay <laughs> I love it. I know a lot of people like um, Redondos. Makes yeah, that's the one I was going to say. Yeah. Redondo, Redondos. Yeah. Like I don't know what it is about purity, though. Maybe it's just a bias because I grew up eating it. Yeah. So it invokes some memory of childhood. Do you like it um, hot and spicy or just like mild? I like, I like the spicy. Yeah, me yeah. too. Yeah. Hmm. And you got to do the you got to do the score. On, well, not score. It's like you just take the, I don't know, the sausage. Do you call it a roll? <laughs> <laughs> No, whatever. You take the sausage link, and you cut link. it. The link. There you go. And you, you just slice like one slice into it long ways. Yeah. Kind of deep. Yeah. And then when you slice it up and put it on the pan, because it has like a cut in the in the um, casing, it doesn't curl up. 
And you get to eat more even cook. So you slice them up into a bunch of little pieces and then... So I, or do you just do one slice and put it on the grill flat? Uh, well, I do that when I'm grilling. Uh, I do that when I'm grilling, but when I'm making like breakfast or something, yeah. I slice them. I'm, I make like individual slices. So you do the long cut and then you do the cross one cut. One long cut. That's just what I do, but uh, my grandma uh, taught me that yeah, to yeah, just yeah. like do the long cut so that it doesn't curl. And then yeah. when you put it on the pan and it starts to shrink, the casing starts to shrink. If you don't have that cut in it, it'll curl up and you only get this tiny little... Dang, you know, I've been doing it wrong. The way, spot the, the the way I do middle. it is I just keep it long ways and then I just cut it into a bunch of little pieces. And After just, you're done cooking? No, no. I just oh. Before I even cook, it's already cooked. Right. Right, basically. It's already cooked, I guess you can say. You're right. just like reheating it. Uh-huh. But I just keep it long ways and just cut it in a bunch of little slices. Yeah, yeah. So just throw it in the pan. Exactly what you're doing. I just Before that, I just do one long slice I need down. to try that. It makes that, so much sense though. That makes because, a lot because of sense. It'll just because it'll just keep it like that. Yeah, it won't, it won't curve up. Yeah, because yeah, if you if you don't do the slice, it curls up, and then you just get one nice crispy yeah. spot in the middle where it cooks, and you get the nice crisp on it. And then when you flip it over, the other side is just the casing that's crispy. That's a game changer. Yeah, you slice it. The whole thing, even even slicing or even the crispy. And you're not cutting it, separating it. You're just slicing it, basically butterflying it. Right. Right. And it's opening up like lengthways and then just enough so that the casing when it shrinks doesn't yeah you know oh, that's basically scoring it right yeah you're not cutting it all the way through yeah yeah, yeah. yeah. oh fun well cool man I'm learning a lot about South, <laughs> South African a little bit culture of and sausage education for the sausage sausage for education. the slices out there I or mean, no no spammers yes for our spammers <laughs> out there um, yeah I made a uh, sausage recently maybe like a, uh, maybe not that recently but basically I harvested I harvested a goat. And then I harvested a pig and I mixed both meats and I put like, you know, some fennel seed, some like oregano, parsley, maybe like a little Italian seasoning, mix it up really good. And then I, I ran it while well, I grounded the meat, mixed them up, put all the seasonings in it, ran it through my grinder again to like really mix it up. Right. And then as I run it through again, you put these little casings on this like kind of like a nipple attachment and um, it just pumps it into the uh, right. the sausages or whatever. And then you twist them, right? For whatever length you want. But those came out really good. Huh, that's interesting. Little sausage And yeah, when you say harvested, did you hunt them? Yeah, I hunted awesome. a goat. He and grew them in his garden. garden. Yeah. Yeah. <laughs> yeah, grew them in the garden. You just pick them and... So bow hunting or, or, or... The pig was bow and then the, the goat was rifle. Oh sweet, that's yeah. awesome. Yeah, I like hunting, so I'm kind of into. Oh no, I mean that's great. Yeah, I, I was I bought a bow. Um, I got a really fancy bow. Oh nice. Because I had all the ideas of going here hunting. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Like maybe like a year ago. Oh, what kind of bow do you have? I had, I oh. had this full carbon fiber, beautiful. Um, it was a Bowtech. Okay, yeah. Um, oh. I yeah I did I got all, everything. And then I decided that I didn't want... Well, not that I decided. I, I just felt it was such a pain in the butt to to find a hunting partner, to get the license and find the time. Yeah, yeah. And it wasn't something I... I realized it wasn't something I could commit to, so I ended up selling it. Wow. Well, you should have met me a year ago. I could have uh, <laughs> Absolutely, taken man. you to a few places and... Yeah, I, sure. I would because I'm all about like I like I think it's all about hunting your if you're gonna eat meat I think you should should hunt it kill it and I want at least be able agree. to be able to yeah right I had it all down I mean to the point that I got some badass shoes to go hunting in <laughs> like well I mean which turns out to be like awesome hike, hiking boots so that was that's a win win but yeah I just turned out that I just didn't have the time with yeah fo- like doing being a, a freelance photographer editing photos. 
and editing all the projects and then finding a hunting partner, which obviously now in hindsight, like, you know, we could have hunted together. Yeah. So all just my ducks went in a row and I kind of, I kind of pulled the pin on the, on the bow pretty, pretty, pretty quickly. And then I was like, I, I, I kept it. I never even, I never even test. I didn't even put an arrow through it. Oh, bummer. It's not even a test arrow. Not even a test. Because I have really a really long reach. Um, yeah, you're a bigger, taller guy. Your yeah. draw length is probably, I would say, in the 30s. 30? 30, 30, yeah. 30? Because I went to the bow shop and they were like, they gave me an arrow that if I'd put a broadhead on it, it would have been too short. They gave that to you? They didn't measure you? And they stuff. measured me and everything. And this is like, oh, this is what we got. But when I drew it back, um, the tip, it was just a, just a target tip. Yeah, the field tips. Yeah, yeah. the field tip. And, uh, and like that was, that was right at the end of that's no good yeah that's dangerous like you could put an arrow like if you drew it back too far or something and the arrow came off that shelf it's gonna go through your hand because i was like i was like because they measured me and everything and like yeah it just turns out like i did a did a draw in my house which is kind of you know (laughs) kind of of funny we do not condone drawing arrows arrows you never want to draw your bow back with no arrow of canvas because if you draw back with no arrow and accidentally let go the momentum goes nowhere but right back into the bow itself and that'll blow up your bow yeah basically yeah but everyone's probably pulled back their bow and without an arrow, and I feel like oh no, I mean that was something that that was funny because I that was something that I knew never to let go. Oh, okay, yeah. It's like dry firing a, a, a spear gun. You don't dry fire a spear gun exactly. or shoot a spear gun on land, because you you, you'll you'll ruin it. Yeah, yeah. Um, so that was the same idea. Um, oh, good. So you knew. Yeah. You tell me that every movie that I've seen where there's like a MacGyver retired Navy SEAL. Who is now into diving? Kill somebody with. I mean, you can kill someone with a. You can <laughs> kill someone with a spear Once, gun. Where that spear gun is ruined. Yeah. There's no reloading. I don't think you see them firing it multiple times. I see. Unless it is sense. a is a James Bond film, because then anything goes. You hear That's that, true. Matthew McConaughey? You're <laughs> phony. Wait, what movie is that? That he did that? Uh, I think it was like the Sahara. Oh he, yeah, he yeah, yeah. Penelope Cruz. He shoots the <laughs> spear gun. I don't know. That's that looked like a special spear gun. But yeah, I, I, we can talk more later. I love I love bow hunting. I love regular hunting. I was just out on island. I did a bunch of deer hunting, and I got two deer. Oh, um, two axis deer. Axis deer, yeah. Best meat you ever eat. That's Easily. what I've been told. That's what I've been told. Like, and I'm like, because from Joe Rogan, that's where I learned that. Yeah, yeah, I He's love Joe Rogan. Yeah, yeah. He goes to uh, Lanai and, and hunts over there. Um, but yeah, that's where we go. I got friends there. We go often. I was just there for like five days. I was there previously for like almost a week and a half but I go up there a lot it's a lot of fun whenever I can get away from my family and you know they're taken care of and that sounds really bad whenever I can get away from them <laughs> sorry babe um, <laughs> but yeah I love going over there. it's a lot of fun it's a lot That's of fun but I'll have to um, I just got like I think I brought home like 60 or 70 pounds of meat but um, if you just if Kavika reminds me I'll, uh, I'll give you some sweet man that'd, that'd be, be awesome. amazing thank that'd you I'd really love to try some yeah it tastes like um, almost like beef really it's very very like no gamey taste, like yeah. very wonderful beef type flavor. If I didn't tell you and like cut up steaks and grilled them, you would probably think they're beef. Really? Wow. That's yeah, oh, that okay. good. If you guys are curious about stories about hunting, we actually went over it on the last episode. So Yeah, so check it out, episode nine. Check it out, spammers. The spammers out there. We gotta keep <laughs> it, uh, it, throwing that in there, right? The spammers. <laughs> episode nine, deer hunting with Nick on Lanai. Yeah. Or Lanai. Yeah, Lynn Island. Depending on how pretentious you are. Right. That's true. I just, however you call it, that's what I'll say, Kavika. Right. Uh, yeah, so South Africa. Yes. Brett. And yes. Uh, it sounds like you really like living here, right? Yes. It's a lot safer. It sounds like you have a girlfriend. Yes. How long have you had the girlfriend? Uh, 
going on six years in January, six so years. just over five and a half years. And mm-hmm. what's her name? Where's she from? Her name is Aime. Uh, Where'd you harvest her from? Uh, so, so funny. So, so here's a really funny but slightly personal story. Um, we love personal. Stories. That's our thing. Is personal. So, <laughs> yeah. So this is a, my my one of my closest friends, Nicholas Mudskipper. That's his name. That's Mudskipper. a wonderful name. Nicholas his real Mud, name. Nicholas Mudskipper. God. I went to visit him in Thailand, and it was my uh, second trip to Thailand. And and uh, he said to me, Brett, he's like, you got to get yourself an Asian girlfriend. <laughs> And I was like, okay, dude. I'm like, you know, it's not, I've never dated anyone that's like, you know, Asian or anything like that. And he's like, no, bro, you've got to get yourself an Asian girlfriend. They're the best. <laughs> so, it, so it was funny. So I had this in my head. And then um, it was just about, just before I moved to Hawaii. It was actually that I did that. I did a South Africa. I did a Thailand, South Africa trip. And then um, went back to the, to the States. And then I was about to move from Arizona to Hawaii. So I got to Hawaii and... As a single guy, I was like, oh, we will, you know, let's get on the old dating apps. I which, met... uh, which apps were you on? So this is before Tinder, actually. This is before oh. Tinder or Bumble. This is uh, OkCupid. Okay, I've heard of that. Yeah, so there's back in the, like, I'm like saying I'm ancient here, but back in the day, back in my day, we had, <laughs> there was plenty of fish and OkCupid. And I met Aimee on there. And it was just an instant connection, uh, just absolutely amazing person. And yeah, we just connected and, and it was, it was just, um, exclusive from the, from the get go. Like there was like no questions about it. Um, she's like that, uh, like a true balance to, to mm. me. Um, she's like sort of the, uh, yin to your yang. She is the yin to my yang. Yeah, for sure. Cause she, uh, she, she kind of like doesn't bring me down to earth, but like kind of keeps me grounded in, and, um, is, is very logical about everything. Whereas I can kind of get, like, I can kind of go off on a tangent. She kind of reels me back in again. Very philosophical, so, wild, like, open thinker kind of yeah. kind of deal. So, yeah, that's so good. perfect, perfect balance. Like, we are very, like, we are good people. And also, we both love cats, so. Oh, nice. So, mm. we have that. So, um. I don't know if we can be friends anymore. <laughs> <laughs> don't come to my house. <laughs> How many cats do you have? Uh, right now we have six. Oh gosh, that was, oh, okay. that was double what I was guessing. <laughs> but it's not. It's it's. It's two, not what you think. Two are two are fosters, so because we foster strays. Oh nice. Okay, yeah, cool. so we get them. We get them permanent homes. But yeah. So um, anyway, so I got myself my Asian girlfriend, uh, which is hilarious. <laughs> was your He's, buddy Nick proud? Yeah, he was stoked. He's super stoked. Um, I may have met him twice now because because he moved back to South Africa. And, uh, yeah, so... Does he still have an Asian girlfriend? He has an Asian wife. He has a oh, Thai okay. wife. Ah. So he did it, man. He... Yeah. I mean, he... I mean, because he was living in Thailand, so he basically... That's, that was kind of all that was available. Um, <laughs> <laughs> but, yeah, he met his wife in Thailand. She's amazing. Another extensive um, menu. It, it was kind of in my head when I came to Hawaii, like, well, maybe I should change from the usual person I date. Let's try a different culture. Yeah, right. She's from China, straight from China. But she's lived in America so long that she doesn't have an accent or anything. So, but her parents are Chinese. Um, they don't speak a word of English. So when I met mom, um, I learned some Chinese words. In, in preparation? In preparation. Okay. And uh, all I did was make mom laugh. I don't know if it was a good thing. Or <laughs> so you won her over. Yeah. You should have yeah. yeah. sign. Yeah, 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 yeah. So that's kind of funny. With your South African charm. So yeah, so she's awesome. And um, Did you call her darling? Mom? Yeah. Or I may, either. 
Uh, yeah, I mean, I call everyone darling. I'll call you darling if you like. <laughs> <laughs> well, I know when you went met my wife and you shot our wedding, that was one of the things that I, I told her. And like, he's going to call you darling. And she's like, oh, really? Why? Like, it's just a thing that he does. Uh, I don't know oh how you my feel gosh, about that. It's so, like, it's so funny when it gets pointed out to me, I like, get a little embarrassed. But then, but then when she finally met you and you called her darling, she just like, I remember her looking at me like, Oh, he just called me darling. <laughs> I'm like, damn it! Now I gotta call her darling. Is that is that a South African like no I don't thing know. or just where'd you know, pick like that up? It's just like a thing that I so I have so my wedding my wedding photographer self is an alter ego of who I am. Ah. It's a completely different person. It's super outgoing, super like um, energetic. I just wouldn't say it's a completely different person because I'm like that normally. You get into a mode. Yeah, it's a, it's a definite mode, and it's the the way I communicate and the way that I talk. But darling, I just say it. And I don't know where it came from. It just started. So I, I was thinking that was like just a South African thing. No, but that's a, that's a like Brent a, thing. It's like a, it's like a, it's more like a British thing. Okay. All right, darling. How are you doing? How are right, you doing? Right. All right. All right. Well, I just figured that it <laughs> yeah. would be similar. All right, darling. Looking lovely. Um, just, uh, so I think it, it's kind of because after I left South Africa, you know, going to Australia and the UK, like it kind of picked up on that kind mm. of way of talking and then bringing it here, you kind of make it your own. Right. And so far it's worked in my favor in terms of winning people over, getting them to relax, you know, having the accent and then making them the, smile for make, photographs, yeah, making them smile. And, 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 and everyone said to me, Oh, I love it when you call me darling or whatever, but I have been warned actually, um, recently by Aime the, the you know um, said maybe that some people might find offense in it have you encountered that? Or? no never I, I said to her I was like, she's like yeah but just be careful because the way that things are going nowadays with people getting extra sensitive about everything she said someone might be find offense to it she's like I don't think it's a problem but just be wary of that that's wise but it's like it's wise but also it's a frustrating truth for me yeah it's, it's one of those things like why does stuff have to be like that? Why can't people just be cool? But it's very hard for me to change that. Right. Like, it's very hard for me to... I've tried. I've tried to, like, think, okay, don't say darling. But it's it just comes out. Because it's just... I'm in the moment, and it's, like, me communicating quickly, like, moving fast. Like, you know, you've got the wedding photos to take. You know, you've got a deadline. You've got a certain amount of time you're going to do them in. So I'm just firing off, just saying stuff. I've worked with people that say far worse things. And stuff that makes me like really uncomfortable. So I think darling is just quite is fine. Yeah, it works. I think it's a nice term of endearment. Yeah, it definitely. Oh, yeah, I'm not trying to come on. To, I'm not coming on to anybody. I'm not being just disarming, I'm not sexually harassing anybody. Right. It's just mainly like I'm generally like if I if I meet someone's mom or dad, I'll call them mom or dad. I'm like mom, dad, come here. They're not my mom or dad, but but just, they're a mom or dad. They are. They are the brides mom or the groom's dad or whatever or however it works so I will refer to them in that um, term so it's not because like I want them to be my mom or dad you know? well yeah. after seeing how my wife reacted to you calling her darling <laughs> I may have attempted to somewhat mimic that to great failure you don't have to where the point where she just laughed at me you don't have the accent or kind of the I tried I, don't know, he, I tried Brett's got something special about him where you can South African Afri uh, is a it's not the same as British. <laughs> no. I, I find myself kind of like switching over to a British accent. Hey, hello. Unintentionally. Hello, hello. 
<laughs> so, so I'm a little curious though. So you came from South Africa and then when, I mean, what is your job and what, maybe a better question. Tell me all the jobs you've had because it sounds <laughs> like you've had a lot of them. Honestly, it's been a, it's been a, like a crazy rail, like like sort of roller coaster. Um, so in South Africa, I started sh- uh, shooting photos at 16, and then at 20, I was shooting uh, skateboarding and BMX uh, for a, a magazine in South Africa. Basically, became super well known for that in the the town that I lived in, the area that I lived in. And then from there, I left South Africa because everyone in those days, anyone that, that had the ability to leave, would go to the UK. Because the pound was so strong, you'd go to the UK, you'd, work, you'd stay there for like a few years, save your money, come back to South Africa, start your life. Um, I went to the UK with three, four hundred pounds in my pocket and then just arrived and was like, okay, what's next? And then from there, I worked at a camera shop and, and I learned the, the art of ripping people off, <laughs> which was... Uh, <laughs> Which is pretty interesting. Like, I, like the skills that I learned in that camera shop were so crazy because it really sort of helped me later in life not to rip people off, but to like sell and communicate yeah. and how to sell things. And read people. And show value. Yeah, right? yeah. And I mean, because this shop was so dodgy. It was like I, the, the owner was a bully. We were on the, the number one electronic street in London where everyone is undercutting each other and it's just like it's just funny like it, it really shaped everything but this guy how, how old were you then Sorry. so I was 21 okay yeah so 21 worked there and this guy walks in and he's looking for a job and he has a camera he has a photographic portfolio on him I'm like of course as a photographer I'm like hey let me have a look turns out that he has a photo of a BMXer in there boom we instantly have a connection BMX photography I'm a BMX photographer this guy has an awesome BMX photo and we start chatting. And I say to him, like, hey, you should work here. Turns out he didn't take the job at the camera shop, but he got a job as a paparazzi. And I'm like, what? That's crazy. He's like, I was like, you shoot celeb- photos of celebrities? He's like, yeah, man, that's what I'm doing. I was like, oh, well, you know what? I don't have a place to stay. I'm going to stay at your house. So I invited him myself to stay at his house. And he was like, okay, <laughs> I don't know you, but you're going to stay at my house. And you just invite yourself over, whatever, yeah. that's cool. We become best mates he's one of my closest friends to this day he ends up getting me a job as a paparazzi in the uk and we just terrorized we (laughs) were the worst oh my gosh like we worked for this company um that had no idea about paparazzi but they wanted celebrity content so they hire us now what's your we're talking about in the uk what's your craziest story about you and your friend being paparazzi in the uk the really crazy stuff happened later when I moved to LA, which is, of course, because in, in the UK, we didn't know what we were doing. Okay. We, like, knew where celebrities lived, and we would go hide outside their houses. So you're just trying to figure it out. Yeah, I mean, we'd go outside their houses and, like, drive around. We'd go to, like, certain places, like, hot spots that celebrities would be at and maybe grab a few people. Jerry Halliwell, mm-hmm. um, you know, uh, the Beckhams. Uh, Kate Moss did a lot of Kate Moss. Kate Moss was bread and butter. Like Kate, Kate Moss hated us. She basically, she just was like, ah, you guys. Yeah, the thing was, though, that this company paid us weekly. And we were getting paid, like, so much money. For that, like, well, what we thought was a lot of money back then. I think we were making about 500 pounds a week. Under the table. Super sketchy. But what we would do is, 
we both loved mountain biking. Me and so this guy's name is Sam. So Sam and I, we loved mountain biking. So we'd be like, oh, it's kind of slow today. Let's go mountain biking. So we would drive an hour out of the city to go mountain biking. We'd get a phone call from the office. Oh, we need you at this part of the city um, right now. I'm like, oh, sorry. The traffic's really bad. <laughs> like we, weren't, we definitely won't make it in time. And they were like, okay. Like, no, having no idea that we were just out, like, just totally, like, like out mountain biking. And we would do it all the time. So we were just terrors. Like, we were just absolute terrors. <laughs> Met some amazing people through that. And then this company approached Sam and said to him, we want you to be part of our team in L.A. Sam said, cool, but not without Brett. So they're like, okay, cool. We'll take both of you guys. They, they got the visa, five-year visa, uh, working visa. And then we, in 2004, we, we went to LA and we just, they had a, they bought us a car. They bought us all the camera gear that you could ever dream of, <laughs> like the best of the best. Um, they got us an apartment right in the middle of Hollywood. How old were you at that point? 2004. Uh, <laughs> I was 24. Dang. Yeah, just and just like that's unbelievable. Yeah, it's like, dude, and then like it's a roller coaster of a life to be for a twenty-four-year-old. Yeah, I mean, and we were just like, yeah, cool, this is awesome, you know, this is so wicked. And then, of course, here is so I wonder. This is something I question about my life. I wonder how things would have been different. Both Sam and I had got girlfriends in the UK. We didn't tell the company about the girlfriends. We sprung it on them. They were like, whoa, like we uh, hired single dudes, like, you know, like single and ready to mingle. Right. Not knowing that we had these, well, his girlfriend was Australian and mine was, uh, no, they were both Australian. What am I saying? But they're like, well, oh, we're bringing them over. To the U.S. To the U.S. Uh, And of course, you can only come over for three months Mm -hmm. as a non-visa holder. So we brought these birds over. After three months, Sam left. He quit. After this company invested all this money into him, he quit because he's like his girlfriend couldn't stay, and he went. He went back. So to, he was tied. Yeah, he, he, he went back. To, yeah, he was like he was with a super like. Was that back. like a, a hard decision for him to make? Or no, was it like he, he made I don't it, like being here really that much. She's got to go back. See you later. She she made it. She made it hard for him. She made it miserable for him. Uh, I think I think that without her, he would have been fine. But she made it really hard for him. Like, and I, I honestly think it was all her. And then, so he left, and then the company like, Brett, are you going to go too? And I'm like, uh, no. <laughs> like, no. <laughs> Meanwhile, I left. I left a month later. I quit because of my girlfriend, and I moved to Australia. And this company was so angry. They were furious because they'd invested so much money into us to be the, the new all-stars, you know, to join their team in, in L.A. To, to photograph celebrities. So I'm, I quit, moved to the... Moved to Australia, worked in another camera shop for a year. It was pretty tough because all I thought about was LA the whole time. At the end of that year, I basically got down on my on my knees and I begged this company. Oh my gosh! So you like in Australia are basically like I'm gonna go back to LA and work at this company that I just yeah. screwed over basically yeah. in a way. And and I basically got on my knees and I begged them and they were like. Yeah, we'll take you back. We'll take you back under one condition that you're freelance and that you work on foot in LA. Like we're not gonna provide you with a car. You're gonna you're gonna like have to buy your own car, do everything. And I was like Everything else is on your own dime. Yeah. And I was like, no worries. Did they give you a place? Or no. oh wow, so it's basically you could just we'll buy photos from you. 
yeah. basically. Yeah. So I, I I told this told this girl that I was with. So she ends up getting a, a ten year visa, but she still can't work. So we go back on foot. Working LA on foot is the hardest thing in the world. Like we would walk for five, six, seven miles a day just to get to this to the hot spot, which is Robertson Boulevard. Robertson Boulevard in LA is like all these fancy boutique stores. It's also where the Ivy is, the restaurant. I don't like super fancy restaurant. And that was like you know Paris Hilton, Lindsay Lohan, uh, anyone that was anyone would go to that street at some point during the week, and you just walk up and down that street all day long. So long story long story short, uh, boss hears that I don't have a car. He's like, what are you doing without a car? He's like, come with me, I'll get you a car. Picked me up, took me to the Ford dealership, brand new Ford Escape, boom, on wheels, in. This is 2006. And from there, it just snowballed. I became one of the highest earners for that company for that year because of the car. Like We owned Malibu. We had all the celebrities on lockdown in Malibu. And... You know, at 25, making over $100,000 a year, that's just insane. Insane. And basically made up for screwing them over originally, you know. And then I stayed in L.A. till end of 2010 just photographing celebs. And that is some crazy stuff. The the spammers out there are like, come on, man. You got to give us a little bit of juice. I mean, it was more like... A little bit of spam juice. It was more the follows. Or I would say... Or I would, the man on the street would say car chases. How anybody didn't kill someone or kill each other, I have no idea. Because we would also, let's say, so when Britney, this is when Britney Spears kind of shaved her head, went a little crazy, right? Okay. So we would all sit outside Britney Spears' compound, like in our cars on this dirt lot, and we could see the gates where she would leave, and she'd come out. And we would all just run to our cars, jump in our cars, Dirt flying, wheel spinning, launch into a crazy car chase. But you're talking about competing with other other photographers. Yeah, yeah, other photographers. Because Britney's driving normal. Right. Behind her, utter chaos. We're talking 12 cars following her. If you're not in the first four cars behind her, you're not going to get photos because she would generally just walk into somewhere and you'd want to be in place. So the further back you were, the further you had to, the longer you had to dump your car, run up the street, get your photos. So we would be behind her, people would be cutting each other off. Um, red lights were just were green lights as far as we were concerned. We would, we, would, <laughs> we would run red lights in a train for so long, there'd be so many cars that the lights would go green again. And the traffic on either side would just be staring at us going, what the hell are you guys doing? And it's like, one, two, three, because you couldn't stop because the guy behind you wasn't going to stop. And you're not going to miss out on them. No, and you wanted to get your shots because she was gold, you know? So, yeah, just crazy stuff like that. That was basically the crazy, I mean, that was the kind of the more crazy things that And that this is happen. just day to day, like yeah, every mean, day. Like every day. And then there were a couple of times I did away jobs. I I think it was for the Dukes of Hazard. Uh, I dressed fully, full camo, head to toe, crawled through a swamp, mosquitoes the size of helicopters, you know, like there was a lot of like hiding in bushes. Like it was always about how to, how you could be, conceal yourself and get your shot. And that was, it was that was kind of the reward to yourself. You're like, I got the shot because I did something crazy to get it, you know. But in terms of privacy, you weren't allowed to uh, look over any, if there was a wall, you weren't allowed to look over the wall because they've taken a reasonable... You got to respect their... You got to respect that. Okay. So, um, but... 
Yeah, I mean, it was awesome. Like, made some great friends, lifelong friends from that. And uh, but it's the the one thing about it though, like the money was great, and I and I did it for 16 years. I did it from 2002 to the end of 2018. And I wonder what I could have done with my photography career in that time. I I don't ha I don't regret it. Like, if I look at a mirror and I go like. What what if like I got some amazing opportunities, got to travel, got to make great money, but the other side of it is like, what if I put that time into being a creative photographer? Right? Could I have been as successful? But at the end of 2018, I quit completely, just walked away from it, been freelance again, and just I love not being in that life because mm. it really does kill you. It kills you as a creative. Like it sounds fun and it sounds exciting, and it is. So your highs are really high, but your lows are really low. I see. So like, you know, when stuff goes down, it's it goes down. Your adrenaline is pumping, mm -hmm. but sometimes you might sit there for four or five days, it's, all day, just sitting in your car. It's a pendulum. Just sitting there and just going like. I hate my life, you know, and then stuff cracks and you forget all about that and you're on, you know, like you're just doing this crazy car chase. I, That's I, I, crazy. I mean, That's crazy. I, like it is like, it is the, like the, the wildest car chases. I, I got to be a really good driver. <laughs> I always got teased because I was a slow driver. After that, it was like thrown into the fire. Like I was like Formula <laughs> One car. <laughs> I have to ask, like, who are some of the celebrities that you've either like met Because has there ever been times where, like, you met them, like, met the celebrity and they let you take pictures? And who were just some of the ones that you got pictures of? I'm just curious. So, yeah, I mean, like, I photograph, I photograph pretty much everybody you can think of. Um, there's certain people I haven't photographed. I don't think I've ever photographed Justin Bieber. But I photographed Lindsay Lohan, Paris Hilton, uh, Britney Spears, Brad Pitt, Angelina Jolie... Yeah, Al Pacino. So many, like so pretty much any celebrity in LA. Like all the big A-list. For all intensive person, uh, Kate purposes. Hudson. Love Kate Hudson. She's like kind of like my favorite. I have like a little crush on her, but <laughs> not like in a weird, creepy way. But like, like she is. Just, she has something about her that is just phenomenal. Reese Witherspoon. She was my bread and butter. She's not even Asian. Gwen Stefani. At the end, it became Gwen Stefani and Reese Witherspoon. Those were my, those were my go-to's. You ever like uh, feel bad? Um, at the beginning, the first ever job that Sam and I did. The only time I ever felt bad. No, I felt bad some other times, but the one time I felt really, really bad was the first job that Sam and I ever did in London. Queen Elizabeth II died, the old Queen Elizabeth. I don't know which one it is now. I get confused. But she died, and her butler was promised that he would be able to live in the palace for the rest of his life. And he was ancient. As soon as she died, they kicked him out. Into the mo and then he ended up living in the most ghetto part of town. Like It was scary for us being there. And we didn't have a car, so we were just standing on the street with our cameras. And it was gnarly. Like, it was like really, it was like being thrown into Compton. And we waited for days for this guy. And he was a recluse. Anyway, he eventually comes out. And he like, he's so old and he like totters down to the end of the street to mail something to the mailbox. And we just jump out and we just start taking his photo. And he's like, he put his hand in front of his face and he was like, what are you doing? What are you doing? Like, well, I was like, have I, have I made the right choice, you know? And like that, that's, that was the one time I felt really bad. And then the other time that I felt bad was, was here in Hawaii. I photographed uh, the girl from Aubrey Plaza. I photographed her. I don't think I know who that is. Aubrey Plaza, Parks and Recreation. Which character? Stone-faced. Oh, wow. She's my favorite. Oh, yeah, yeah, yeah. yeah, yeah. <laughs> Love Aubrey Plaza, right? And I, and I really like her. I really like her. I like her attitude. And she, uh, she was staying at the Kahala Hotel. Bikini shots, celebs in bikinis, guys shirtless. Here in Hawaii, that's the money, right? That's what you want. If they're fat, they're skinny, it doesn't matter. That's what you want, <laughs> right? So she's in a bikini, 
I'm getting my angle of her walking into the water. Cool, she can't see me, I'm completely hidden, getting my shot. Sounds super creepy, but this is the job. This is the job I left. So then my competition was on the was behind her. The other shot to get is the shot of them walking out of the water. I knew he was going to get it. So I ran out of my hiding place and came around to get her walking out of the water, getting my shot, getting my shot, getting my shot. But I was kind of in the open. I was still hiding, but I was in the open. Anyway, she gets back to her um, chair and she's toweling off and she looks and she puts her eyes, hands over her eyes to look and she's looking at me and she goes, you can just see her shoulders come up and she's like, ha, <laughs> she gets so mad and she comes storming down the beach towards me saying, what are you doing? And I with was like, the face that everybody is familiar yeah. with. Yeah, she was so mad and she's like, what are you doing? This is a private beach. And I was like, sorry, Aubrey, but there's no private beaches in Hawaii. <laughs> She's like, what? <laughs> I was like, I'm really, really sorry, darling. Three on the darling. There it is. I was like, I'm like, I'm really, really sorry. Like, like I just wanted to get my photos. If it's if it means anything to you, like we're both leaving. I was like, my competition was getting the shots. I had to come out and get photos of you. She's like, where is he? And I'm like, hey, he's over there somewhere. I didn't point him out. I was like, he's over there. She's like, ah. Oh. And I was like, we know, we're both leaving, you know, like, enjoy the rest of your stay. Like, we're not going to bother you. She's like, no, it's fine. It's fine. I'm done with the beach anyway. And then storms (laughs) off. And I was like, oh, I feel so bad. (laughs) But honestly, like, it just became, they became cash cows. Like, that's like one of the things. Like, you you don't see them as people anymore. Mm, Right. That is one of the things. Like, they don't, like, you don't see them as people. You just see them as, like, dollar bills and, like, about trumping, like, like, like your competition to like get the better shot, to get the better sale, to like, you know, to, to get the paycheck. It just becomes this like weird, like horrible, like greedy, don't care about anyone's feelings. Dehumanizing. Yeah. just like, you just, you just. So have your photos been like, have I been in the grocery store and have seen your photos on yeah, those most papers likely. most likely? Yeah. <laughs> That's crazy to if think. You, and like, you can't talk badly about the paparazzi because if you pick up a, a copy of Us magazine or any of those tabloid magazines or read the Daily Mail, you're going to see, you're going to be interested in someone's life. Yeah. Like I've been so often, I've been criticized by people holding an Us magazine. <laughs> you know where that's life. Yeah. You scum. I'm like, you're reading that magazine. <laughs> you're paying my <laughs> yeah. bills. <laughs> you're the one reading the tabloid magazine. You're calling me scum. You're welcome. Yeah. <laughs> like, like it's such a hypocritical thing. So I'm just really glad not to be involved in it anymore. Like it was 16 years of like of fun times and hard times and everything in between. Oh, and then speaking, uh, coming back to your question earlier. So here's a here's a kind of a kind of a, a cool thing I'm kind of that, that about paparazzi. So when Megan Fox and, and Brian Austin Green come to Hawaii, I'm their photographer. Oh, they call our company. I go and photograph them. Oh. Huh. They get for their personal use. No, for their so that so that they know. So basically, I go down, I stage them as a paparazzi setup, like a paparazzi is shooting them, like doing something random. But they're in on it. They're in on it. I see. I send then we send them the photos to approve. They approve the ones they like. Those are the ones that go out to the media. So they're basically. Controlling what's being seen. It's basically like, people are going to see something about me anyway. I might as well put something good out there. Bang. And so, like, they make sure that they get the best angles, the best lighting, the best everything. And a lot of celebs do that. They're really cottoned onto the idea. They're like, oh, okay. If I can just hire someone to take the shots, 
that way guarantee I know what content is going out mm -hmm. rather than getting them stuff in their face with a hamburger, you know? Right. That makes sense. Well, it doesn't surprise me that you're interested in hunting. <laughs> yeah, you hunt people and shoot them. You've been hunting people for, for 18 years with a camera. That's cool, man. That's so, I'm so, like, just hearing you, t I just get, you're a great storyteller and it's very interesting. Uh, what do you do now? Like, now you're, you, you spoke a lot about how you're not doing the paparazzi anymore, yeah. really. So what are you doing now? So when I came to Hawaii, um, uh, I was hired by a celebrity photo agency that, that, that brought me here from Arizona and set me up with an apartment. They paid my rent for a year. Amazing. Ph phenomenal. Like, like, you couldn't – like, I, I don't know how these things just happen to, like, like, happen upon me, but they do. So that was awesome. But coming here, I had so much downtime. Not often celebrities don't come all the time to come to Hawaii all the time. You'd have months sometimes of no, of nothing going on. So, I restarted my wedding photography business and then gradually built that up to doing other things, lifestyle photos, and then doing more and more work, but still doing the paparazzi. So paparazzi, paparazzi was always priority. So if, paparazzi, if a celebrity came in and you had a lifestyle shoot, lifestyle shoot goes out the window. Paparazzi is because that's what you're getting paid for. Mm -hmm. Throughout the five years that I was employed by this company, um, I was building this wedding, wedding photography. So I, I knew that when I quit, that I would have something to keep, keep me right. going, which just turns out to be the wedding uh, photography, which I love doing. Um, and then on top of that, doing lifestyle stuff, I do a lot of, I, I train jiu-jitsu and jiu-jitsu has basically brought me so many different lifestyle jobs. Um, then meeting uh, Dave from, um, Ninth Avenue Studios, he brought me on board as a to shoot video, which is now a thing. So, with all these different jobs, like I kind of feel like I have my finger in all these different pies, but it's all pies that I like. I'm passionate about, and that's what it comes down to. Is like, if you're gonna do a job, you've got to be passionate about it. You got to love it. You got to live it, eat it, sleep, breathe that 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 lifestyle. And um, so. Since quitting paparazzi, it's just been weddings, it's been video work, it's been lifestyle work, jiu-jitsu. Hell, the other day I photographed floor tiles. I'm not going to say that. Like, that's something I want to do all the time, but it was, it paid and it was, it was easy. You know, it just gets, because I mean, you guys know, like, and other, others living in Hawaii, it's a survival thing. Mm -hmm. So you got to take whatever job you can get. But, but if it's not, if you're not passionate about it, then it's not worth doing. Then you've got to re kind of like rethink like what do you want to do. So I'm lucky in the fact that I found something that I'm passionate about and I get to do like and live in Hawaii. Yeah, that's um, an interesting thing because I think a lot of people they have something that they're passionate about and they'll try and pursue it. If it doesn't work out immediately, they'll have to take I don't know a job doing something that they might not necessarily love, and then they do that while still trying to pursue their passions, but. They end up just getting caught in the comfortableness of whatever job that was that they found in the interim, and then people's passions kind of just fizzle out, or they just yeah. give up on pursuing them. I think that I think that because um, I, I understand that because I got comfortable with paparazzi. Right. That's exactly. why I did it for sixteen years because it was comfortable and it was safe. Being uncomfortable <laughs> is is the number one thing to that will push you to be successful. Yeah. I think that you have to be uncomfortable. You have to have your back against the wall because you're either going to succeed or you're going to fail. And there is no failure. So therefore, you like 
this is something that I tell everyone to give advice to anyone is I'm like you have to hit sometimes hit rock bottom or have your back against the wall in order to be successful it's having that positive mental attitude that other people will pick up on and that will in turn create opportunities mm -hmm. for things that you never thought possible because that's basically been my life since 2001 well I was just about to say like you say like I don't know how these things keep happening to you but yeah. for me having worked with you at Ninth Ave and working with Dave and everything, it's very clear that you've had that mentality for a long time. And you say like, you have to get backed up into a corner before you decide to light a fire under your own butt and actually get things moving. Like you've had to do that your entire life. And that's why these things I feel like keep happening to you and these opportunities come up is because you know that. Yeah. And I don't think I'll, you've been actually blessed with that, right? I feel like a lot of people live in a you know fairly comfortable lifestyle for their entire life and they never really reach the peak of their fulfillment because they've never had to light that fire under their own butt you know no i totally agree i mean yeah it's just that, that pma that positive mental attitude you just gotta like people will just pick it's weird how people pick up on it and then they, they just give you these crazy opportunities yeah do you like oh my gosh this is amazing like this is so cool you know and, and then you attract, because it's the laws of attraction too, because you attract those positive people and then right. that brings more and that brings more. But if you just sat down and were like, well, woe is me, like, oh, nothing's working out, people will pick up on the, on the negative energy mm -hmm. and want nothing to do with you right. at the same time, you know? So I think that staying positive and staying and being passionate about whatever you're doing, it'll win people over right. every yeah. time. Yeah, I totally agree. That's cool, man. I'm glad we had you on the podcast. I mean, do we have time? Do you guys want to do something fun or? Yeah. All right. So we're gonna we're gonna lighten the mood a little bit. We're gonna play a little game called Let's Pretend, and basically we're just gonna create an alternate reality, and we're gonna go around in a circle and each say just different funny facts or thoughts that we have on this scenario. Brett came up with the scenario today. It is, what if, sh let's pretend that sharks had legs. <laughs> Land sharks. Land sharks. So uh, why don't we start with you, Brett? I'd say like as a, as a water person that sh like I have this, this uh, fear of sharks um, as well as uh, love for them. But if they had legs, like you just be cruising along and next thing you know, there's a freaking tiger shark running after you. And uh, <laughs> you'd you know, be running down Kalakaua Avenue you know, trying to get away from this tiger shark. I mean, we have enough things to deal with as it is, so it'd be funny if like... <laughs> we're, we're now in the food chain. Yeah, we're now back in the food chain <laughs> on right. land when we could just stay out of the water. <laughs> well, uh, yeah, I mean, I'm thinking Hawaii is probably no longer a tourist destination. <laughs> it's probably like, if I imagine somewhere in the middle of Africa where there's just super predators all over the place, there's not a lot of tourists, uh, you know, just going out for vacation and leisure there, yeah so. I think they tell you to keep their, your windows up when you're driving down like around <laughs> Hawaii because of uh, the land sharks <laughs> I was thinking you know, you know what if, if sharks had legs and they were kind of now walking around like us I would think I would um Dentistry would skyrocket. <laughs> That's what I think. I think they would just be next level because but here's the thing though Sharks naturally lose their teeth and they have multiple layers of teeth so that they wouldn't really need a dentist. Oh, so you'd put all the shark dentists out of work. That's a good point. And so I was actually thinking, I was listening to this podcast the other day and basically they were talking to this um, expert in like 
um, for lack of a better term, it's, it's basically like a type of evolution. And basically, basically the idea is that, um, okay, like farmers use pesticides on their crops mm -hmm. to stop a, a bug from eating their crop. And eventually, um, they e eradicate whatever bug from their crop. But sometimes certain bugs will develop a certain gene that's resistant to the pesticide. And then pretty soon, they got to redevelop this pesticide to get rid of this now bug that has, you know, Immunities. survived basically. Um, so it'd be interesting because uh, that works in nature basically, right? right, right. It, you know, that's why the flu vaccination is different every single year because eventually it just slowly mutates. changes a little something, mutates, and you got to – so sharks would help with natural selection because <laughs> maybe we would start to breed or humans would actually start to be faster or maybe stronger or something because sharks would be eating everyone that's weaker. <laughs> True. Just so that's like, my yeah, thought of the yeah. day then. No, I, I, I like that. I like that. That's good. That's good. I feel like that would be reverse evolution for humans though. Because <laughs> just one more thing to worry about. Yeah. Yeah. Crack and kids then and sharks. Land sharks. If all of a sudden our <laughs> genes start developing humans to be faster and stronger and more agile, I feel like that's regression. Well, that would be a great thing. That would be progress. If, if you're faster and stronger, how well, think of Neanderthals. Well, I think – oh, yeah, good question. I guess they were potentially stronger than us because – They're a lot bigger, a lot stronger. They didn't sit and watch TV. Right. They had to go and live. I guess so. But what I'm saying is like maybe we don't develop as smart. Yeah, we're faster and stronger but dumb. Then we're basically the sharks. Well, I was thinking it would be really neat if we could domesticate these things. Yeah. Like have a personal shark bay. Uh, that would be awesome if I could just walk my shark down the street. I'm just like, imagine you're surfing and you, a shark is coming after you and it just continues into the parking lot. <laughs> well, exactly. Like you bail out of the water and it's still, it's like, ha ah, I have legs. Yeah. I don't know where the, where you would go to, I guess maybe just stay high. Yeah, All maybe. the houses would be built really high with elevators that, because sharks don't have thumbs, so then they couldn't push the button to... Get up yeah. to you. You could have a shark cage. <laughs> yes, everything would be a cage. That's right. That's a great point. <laughs> I definitely wouldn't be hiking as much. I mean, yeah. there's a lot of wild boars out there, but I wouldn't say that I'm afraid of them. But if I knew there was a shark just cruising around in the forest, uh, shark probably is... wouldn't be waking up at 3 a.m. to go there's hiking. Signs, <laughs> shark spotted, land shark spotted, shark crossing signs, shark crossing signs, right? <laughs> slow sharks at play. <laughs> not, not slow sharks. Slow sharks at play. Exactly. There we exactly. Go. But they don't, could be slow. <laughs> don't be mean to the sharks. It's because they're slow. Just think of a vertical great white walking down the oh, street. Wait. Okay, are we talking about like upright human like... Oh, that's what I'm imagining. That's oh. what I'm imagining too. Oh man, I was thinking like dogs. Like sharks. a hybrid. Oh, like a four-legged dog. Four-legged shark. shark, right. That's why you're mentioning pigs and boars. Yeah, okay, we're just on different wavelengths. You remember that those toys, those shark toys growing up? It was like a cartoon. Shark game? Man. Was it? No, it wasn't uh, Shark I Man. I just made that up. Well, I do. I uh, shark Surfers or Shark. I'll, have to, I'll look it up and you we'll post it online. Made, made that up too. No, Street yeah. Sharks. Street Sharks. It was that's Street a thing. Sharks. Yeah. Those are freaking cool, man. Yeah, that's what I imagined. Yeah, that's what I was imagining too. Yeah. Well, what was that cartoon about? I don't know. Was Street it, Sharks, bro. Yeah, basically it's these thugs. It's a It's these thugs that are sharks. Shark thugs. Yeah, it looks like this. Like loan sharks? <laughs> right here. It was in um, 1994. Wow, dude. That is like a we'll, flashback. We'll have to post this on um, Twitter or whatever. I used to have... Oh, I remember that picture of that guy. That's funny. Yeah. 
Isn't that awesome? I totally forgot. Yeah, that, that's what they gangsters. look like. That's what it would look like. Yeah. Oh um, my god, less, that is terrifying. Less less beefy, but yeah. But yeah. well, let's just describe this. If you guys aren't familiar with Street Sharks, it's like The Rock. <laughs> yeah, <laughs> with but, uh, a huge fin on the back of his neck and then his entire like above his chest is just jaws I'm gonna save this image and we'll, we'll post it we'll post it to Twitter uh, I don't know if I would live anywhere near well I guess it doesn't matter because if sharks had legs they probably wouldn't be in the ocean as much no bro they'd be rocking the fin damn it man let <laughs> <laughs> me sponsor the fin that's right that's exactly right <laughs> all right that that is the let's pretend. Yep. Anyway, so uh, that is our episode. That's episode ten, I think. Episode ten, yeah. And, and hey, do you want to real quick? Do you want to tell people where? It's- um. So my website is www.photobrett.com. So that's Brett with one T. So photo Brett. Instagram is Bort, <laughs> which is B O R T, the African. Again, one T on Bort. All right, I'm Kavika. You can <laughs> follow awesome. me on Instagram, Darth Kanaka. And, and definitely hit us up on Twitter as well, Pod. Nick, where can we find you? Well, I'm Howley, that's why, on Instagram and, um, yeah, Twitter. You can hit us up at... Uh, Is it that's why or that's why? Howley, Howley, that's why. D-A-T-S. Yeah, I used to have it spelled a little bit different, but no one ever could find me. And <laughs> so it's uh, H-A-O-L-E-D-A-T-S-W-H-Y. So that is our episode. Thanks for listening, guys. Subscribe on Apple Podcasts, Spotify, wherever you're listening to. That and just recently. Stitcher. And just recently, Stitcher. Those subscribes help immensely um, in promoting our channel and allowing us to keep doing what we're doing. So with that, that ends the episode, and we'll catch you guys next time. Yeah. Shoots! Thank you.